On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, more great features are rolling out in the latest Tesla software update. I'll tell you all about them. Plus, your Tesla can now help get itself repaired more quickly. The Model 3 tow hitch is finally a reality and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, episode number 197, creeping up on 200. This is May 12th, 2019, although I'm actually recording this week on uh, May 9th, Thursday night, a little earlier, one night earlier than usual this week. I've got a couple things going on over the weekend, including uh, one of my favorite bands ever. You probably haven't heard of them. They're a, a local Arizona band. Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, and if you've ever watched King of the Hill, of course, that you probably do know, the theme song to King of the Hill, that guitar riff, that was written by Roger Klein and the Peacemakers uh, back when they were, uh, their sort of original incarnation was The Refreshments. Their hit single was Banditos in the 90s, if you want to look them up. Anyway, uh, they're, they're effectively the same group. And they are still around, still making great music. Just good old-fashioned, like, bar band rock and roll. If you need a little of that in your life, look them up. Look them up on YouTube or Spotify sometime. It's, it's good old-fashioned rock and roll with a little southwestern twist to it. So, yeah, that's my Friday night. So I figured I'd get the show done on Thursday. If I happen to miss anything that does break on Friday, I'll pick it up for you. We'll talk about it next week. I just thought doing the show Thursday night would be better than Saturday morning because then the uh, the Patreon folks who, who kindly support the show can listen to it a little earlier rather than a little later. One other quick but much more important note than my musical tastes before I get rolling with the show, I have an important correction from last week. The 150-kilometer Model 3 for Canada that I told you about last week that's made specifically to get the Model 3 under the price limit on that uh, tax, on that, that Canadian incentive to qualify for that rebate. Turns out that car cannot be upgraded. That cannot be software unlocked. So Tesla really, really doesn't want you to buy it. You probably shouldn't. Please do not buy that car because you will be stuck with a very, very, very short range car, especially in a Canadian winter. Your range will be, would be real bad in a Canadian winter on that one. Get the standard range plus, which does qualify for that uh, $5,000 back. And I want to thank a number of folks that, that pointed that out to me after the show published last week. And I do, I actually, I sincerely apologize for the error. You know, I, I do my best to get um, the facts right. You know, I, I don't want to be throwing hearsay out there. I want to be a reliable source of information for you. So I apologize for the error on that one. Okay, with those housekeeping notes out of the way, let's get on with the news proper this week. And the first one is just a fun thing that I thought would be uh, really interesting to share. Hope, I mean... I hope that none of you ever see this. I hope I never see this. But it's, uh, it's good knowledge anyway. Check this out. Your Tesla will now automatically order parts for itself if it happens to detect a specific issue. 
So this was posted to Reddit. I mean, an example of it was posted to Reddit where someone had a screen that popped up that said, an unexpected condition with the, in this case, power conversion system on your Model 3. A replacement part has been pre-shipped to your preferred Tesla service center. Please use your Tesla mobile app or your Tesla account to schedule a service visit appointment now. That's really cool. Uh, And if you remember, actually, Elon had mentioned this on an earnings call a quarter or two ago, if I remember correctly. So it is great to see that that actually has come to fruition. This feature has been, been implemented. Although, I'll tell you, given the way that I'm going, uh, I'd love to see this applied to the tires if it detects PSI that's too low. Have it just make sure we've ordered a tire for you and made sure it's in stock at the nearest service center. That would be nice. But uh, in all seriousness, this is super cool. And again, this is one of those things. No other car and no other car company can do this. This is advantage number, oh, 3,768 or so of having all of the cars in the fleet connected to the mothership via that 3G or LTE connection. Just great stuff from Tesla. Speaking of cool things that your Tesla can do, version 2019.16 of uh, the software in your car is bringing with it yet more new features as I'll say the the Tesla software team just continues to stay on a hot streak reminiscent of the classic arcade game NBA Jam. You know, I thought it would be fun to play the He's on Fire clip from NBA Jam right there, so I went and found it on YouTube. I forgot how poorly the... (laughs) (laughs) That has aged in terms of the audio quality. I remember when that sounded amazing. Now you can barely understand it. But anyway, NBA Jam, for those of you old enough to remember. Good stuff. Uh, Back to to the action here. So as soon as you get 2019.16, and uh, not only have I not received it as of this recording, it doesn't seem like really uh, barely anybody in the community, just a few people so far. But the first thing you will notice when you have this update, is the new and improved driving visualization. That's the render of your car and the cars around you, which on the S and the X is in the instrument cluster in front of you, and on the Model 3 is on the left side of your dashboard screen. So it is now, uh, when you're not on the highway, it zooms in on your car and shows it turning. As Tesla puts it in the release notes, uh, it zooms in and out to, quote, better utilize screen space and inform you when a vehicle is detected in your blind spot, end quote. And by the way, uh, if you happen to look at clips of it online, it just looks cool. Uh, now, my hope is that by the time you hear this podcast, that you ha- you get the update yourself and you'll be able to check it out. But yeah, it looks really cool. Can't wait to get it myself. Uh, but that's not all. The second thing that this 2019.16 update adds Sentry mode is getting some really nice improvements. It will now prompt you when you park the car to turn sentry mode on, which will save you the trouble of having to dig down a couple menus deep. And on top of that, maybe more importantly than the convenience of, of the menu digging, it will help you to not, to not forget to turn it on, which, hey, it happens to us all sometimes. I know, I know I've had that happen to me. Also, you can set it 
to be default always on whenever, anytime you leave the car, period. But it's super smart about it. It knows your home and your work if you've set those in your car. And it can be set to turn off at home and work. Uh, and any of your favorite destinations, which by the way, you can set those in your navigate menu. I recommend doing that so that, you know, your favorite spots, you don't have to type in the addresses every single time. You, those individual case by case favorite spots can be opted into or out of, uh, that automatic sentry mode activation on a, on a one by one basis. So if one of your favorite places is let's just say the movie theater. Maybe you go to the movies all the time. Well, you probably want sentry mode to be on there so you can have it turned on there. Whereas maybe one of your other favorite places is your mother's house. So you go there and you, you don't need it there. You know, you're in, either in her driveway or, or what have you and you probably don't need it. So that's pretty cool. Third part of the 2019.16 update. And this was mentioned a while ago by Elon and it has now come true. The uh, software update preference. You now have the option to receive new software updates as soon as they're available for your car configuration and region. Those are the Tesla words from the, uh, the software release notes. You'll tap controls, software, software update preference, and go into the advanced menu to set that. So that means yes, you can now get software updates more quickly if you go ahead and opt into that. No more crossing your fingers, boosting your Wi-Fi signal, and making an offering of organic kale to the Tesla gods, hoping that you get it soon. Organic kale? I, where do I get this? I don't even know. Why did I say organic kale? What would have been a better analogy? I don't know. Anyway, it's a dumb joke. Hopefully it made you... You, you can laugh at me. It's fine. I've said that before. I don't mind being laughed at on this podcast. I put myself out there. Sometimes it goes well, and sometimes it doesn't. But anyway... Um, it's also, this update's also got the, the lane departure avoidance features that I talked about last week. So bottom line here, this is yet another great update, just a tremendous update. Tip of the hat to the Tesla software team. Uh, in my opinion, my humble opinion, they are absolutely killing it in 2019. It's not to say they weren't before, but I've, I've said this before, just this year, if you look at this year, they have just added an incredible amount of features and conveniences to the cars in 2019. It has just been awesome to see. So thank you to the Tesla software team. Next this week, remember when Franz von Holzhausen was quoted as saying that a tow hitch was definitely coming for Model 3? Well, that day has come. He was not a liar. It has happened. However, there's a bit of a catch. It's only available in Europe as of now. A quick tip of the hat, thank you to listener Andy from Lemington Spa for the tip. I think I probably mentioned this the last time uh, Andy called in or I mentioned Andy on the show. Lemington Spa, home of Forza Horizon developer Playground Games. Uh, they are one of the absolute best video game developers on the planet. Somehow, every Forza Horizon game has been better than the one before it, which by the time they got to three, I was like, I don't know how they're going to top this, but four is in fact better. If you like, I mean, you obviously like cars on some level if you're listening to this podcast. So if you have an Xbox or a PC, there are two Forza 
series. There's Forza Motorsport and Forza Horizon. Motorsport is the hardcore, simulation-focused, closed-track circuit racer. Forza Horizon, and, and Motorsport's great, don't get me wrong. Motorsport's been in, incredible for a long time. That's Turn 10 Studios. They're based out of Redmond, Washington, right near the Xbox mothership. But Horizon, Forza Horizon by Playground Games in Leamington Spa in the UK, is uh, th- that game is an open world, I don't even call it a racing game. I call it a driving game. And it's just, it's it's got this vibe about it that's just chill and fun. You can get on there with your friends and drive around and do events or, or just cruise the world because like Forza Horizon 3 was Australia, a sort of fictionalized version of it. Forza Horizon 4 is the UK. Oh, man. If you're a gamer and you like cars, you owe it to yourself. If you have not checked out Forza Horizon, highly recommend it. Anyway, thank you to Andy for the tip (laughs) on the tow hitch. So the right-hand drive UK cars that you can order now, uh, they can be ordered with a tow hitch that costs 970 British pounds, which converts now, as of now, to about 1,268 US dollars. So if and when that feature comes here uh, to North to, to the US specifically, it'll probably convert to 1,200, maybe 1,250. The design studio note on this says, high strength steel tow bar with a removable adapter capable of towing up to 910 kilograms, which is 2,000 pounds. Yes, I had to look it up because I'm an ignorant American. Uh, It also, by the way, must be installed at the factory. It cannot be added after delivery. So that is a key, key point there. And as I mentioned, as of this recording, again, I'm recording a little early, Thursday night, it is not currently offered in North America or China, by the way. I went and checked. I switched over on the Tesla Design Studio site and just clicked the China flag, and uh, it was not an option in there. So it is only available in Europe. It's it's not just the UK. It's not just the right-hand drive UK cars. Anywhere in Europe, you can go ahead and order your Tesla with this. So I have a question for you guys, the smart people in the audience. Do we have different laws about towing and, and to- vehicle towing here in the United States? Does anybody know? I mean... May, and, or maybe I'm just very much overthinking it, and it will simply be rolling out to the North American cars as an option very soon. So we'll find out. The, uh, the factory order thing, though, I have to say, it, it doesn't make sense to me because there are, and the, the simple reason is there are so many thousands of existing Model 3 owners who would really want to have this. And I just find it hard to believe that Tesla would not offer them a retrofit of some kind. You know, Tesla, again, I, I say this a lot, has, has more often than not done the right thing for their customer. And I, I, know I give them the benefit of the doubt as, as, uh, as a result of that. So it just seems odd to me that, that the existing Model 3 fleet would be left out in the cold here. Now, I know there are certain things that you just, you can't go back. You know, you can't, well, if Tesla did put autopilot, uh, like the 2.5 system into autopilot one cars, they'd have to rip out all the cameras. And, you know, they've talked about how that would just be prohibitively expensive for them to do. It's not that they technically can't do it. It would just be too expensive. So, you know, there are lines that have to be drawn and you have to move forward. But 
yeah, the tow hitch thing, that's too bad if this is not something that's going to be uh, offered to the existing fleet people that want that. But so, you know, I'm sure Tesla does have a good reason. And, and by the way, I have no doubt that there are hardware modifications. I mean, there, there have to be hardware modifications to the car to, to uh, reinforce that back end for the towing capability, probably similar to how the Model S, back when they used to offer the rear-facing kid jump seats as a factory-only option, those, when you'd order that on the S, they would reinforce the bumper. So the, the bumper would be physically different. The back, back end of the frame of the car was physically different than the cars that were ordered without the rear-facing jump seat. So this one might be, this is, feels like something I should try to ask Elon about on Twitter the next chance I can try to catch him when he's tweeting, if, uh, in fact, nobody else beats me to it, which hey, any, any way, shape, or form we can get the answer, I'll take it. But the good news is the tow hitch is happening. Well, hopefully it'll find its way to the rest of the territories around the world sooner rather than later. Next this week, how is the Model 3 doing against fellow electric vehicles? Well, just fine, thank you very much. According to sales figures and estimates that were pooled by the website Inside EVs with a tip of the hat to Kevin Rook on Twitter, is where I uh, ultimately saw this, and he used Inside EVs data, the Model 3 in April in the United States outsold 19 other electric vehicles combined. (laughs) 19 other EVs combined. It was 10,050 Model 3s versus 10,046 electric vehicles for everybody else, which, by the way, included the Model S and the Model X. I would look for that lead to widen as Tesla is now up to a steady 6,000 cars per week. They have achieved that, so the next step for them will be to get to 7,000 because then once the Shanghai Gigafactory comes online, they can get to that 10,000 Model 3 number a week that they have talked about for the last couple of years. Uh, so that, that, by the way, that 6,000 a week figure comes from the Bloomberg production tracker that reporter Tom Randall and his team run uh, at the Bloomberg site. It's, it's over time proven to be fairly accurate over, over time. Well, um, here's the thing. It would be really good for the electrification of the industry if this actually wasn't the case, if the Model 3 wasn't outselling 19 other EVs combined. For an example, if Audi's e-tron did well enough to add significantly to that so as not to make the Model 3 a majority all on its own, that'd be great. Or the Porsche Taycan, that would be great too. Or the Bolt. You know, maybe the former two will, as they roll out, the, the e-tron and the Taycan are newer cars. In fact, the Taycan's not even out yet. But, you know, in, uh, in the e-tron's case, that car is, has started to roll out. So it's still, it's, we'll give it some time. Hopefully, you know, I know it's, uh, it's got some shortcomings. You know, it's, it's the range for the price relative to a Tesla. It, it, the, the e-tron does not compare very favorably, particularly, particularly after Tesla just a couple weeks back boosted the range of the S and the X by 10%. But nevertheless, uh, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that this is, this is outstanding for the Model 3. I mean, it just, 
it's another feather in Tesla's cap. Uh, and in my opinion, it's more useful and interesting even. Like comparing it to EVs, okay, that's that's a nice thought exercise. But the more useful, the more interesting thing is to compare the Model 3 sales to ICE cars. That's that's what I want to see because those are the customers that need to be converted. Fellow EV buyers, as, as Tesla outsells all the other EVs, hey, at least they're already on team electric vehicle. They're already in the, in, in the tent with us. So we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that number either, con- either continues to be a, a Model 3 majority because Model 3 continues to sell better and better, or uh, there could be good news there if it doesn't uh, remain the majority because everybody else is, has, uh, has picked up their sales pace. A couple more quick things here. Number one, a uh, very brief update from Elon Musk on Twitter on the cross-country full self-driving demo that was once promised by the end of last year and has really, uh, they've not really said anything about it here in 2019. Elon was asked about it on Twitter and chose to respond, first with a joke, but then with a serious response where he said, quote, we could have gamed an LA to New York autopilot journey last year, but when we when we do it this year, everyone with Tesla full self-driving will be able to do it too. That is cool. That is that is very cool. Now he's he's confident there. To clarify, just before you you, you let the thought get uh, too far away from you in your head. That is not going to be a fall asleep and the car does absolutely everything, no intervention. That is a, you know, you need to pay attention like you do with autopilot on the freeway now, but the car should be able to handle the bulk of the tasks on all roads rather than just on the the highways. But uh, again, I like the confidence from Elon there. I love it. In fact, it, it, it gets me fired up. It makes me excited that I bought the full self-driving package. Uh, what was that? I guess like two months ago, a month and a half ago now. Oh man, no, it was two months ago already. But And by the way, you know, investors seemed quite impressed by the, you know, 11 or so mile Palo Alto demo that they got a couple weeks back. But, you know, hey, cross country is another matter entirely. I I really hope Elon's right and that we can do it by the end of the year, the end of the calendar year, because... I, I would sure love to be able to head to Arizona again over the holidays like I did last year without having to do much, if any, of the driving this year. That would be, make it, I mean, autopilot already made it a much more relaxing trip. Uh, full self-driving would make it even more chill. That would be even better. So we'll see. Um, in fact, I mean, and I'm hardly the only one who's going to be doing holiday driving in their Tesla. Lots of people do, so... Good stuff on the way from Tesla. Elon maintaining his confidence in the timeline for the uh, full self-driving features. Finally this week, I just wanted to send a quick congratulations to the state of Colorado for passing a law that now makes icing an electric vehicle charging spot punishable by a $150 fine. What I'm talking about there is the people that park in supercharger or just electric vehicle charging spaces. Internal combustion engine vehicles parking in charging only spaces. They can now be fined $150 per incident 
in the state of Colorado. And a special shout out on this to a listener of this podcast, Sean Mitchell, who I've had the pleasure of meeting. Super nice guy, uh, really smart guy, very, very much a Tesla enthusiast. He was part of, he was a big part of the effort to try and make that happen in the state of Colorado. So shout out to you, Sean. And I would like to see this happen in every state in the U.S. There are some other states, but we got a long way to go before this becomes a, a sort of nationwide law. Not on the federal level. I mean, I'm just talking 50 states where you're there. This is a punishable thing with a monetary fine. Uh, that would be as EVs become more and more widespread, we're going to need these laws. All right, that will wrap it up for the news this week. Again, apologies if I miss anything on Friday. I'll pick it up and talk about it for you next week. But for now, I will come right back and do the Ride the Lightning hotline for you. Once again, a bunch of excellent calls in the queue from you guys. Stay tuned for that right after this. Time for the Ride the Lightning hotline where I discuss your questions, comments, and discussion topics pertaining to the world of Tesla. I remind you that you can participate very easily. I invite you to do so. I encourage you to do so. Drop me a line. You can do that one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder and uh, send me a recording. Make it about 90 seconds or less if you can and email the file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. The other way to do it is to call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline itself. That toll-free number to dial is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Curtis in San Francisco, who wants to talk about Model Y and a particular quirk about ordering it. Curtis, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Curtis from San Francisco. First of all, you are one of the best Tesla resources, especially for us who are new to the brand. I'm really interested in taking the plunge on a Model Y, which is probably the best size for our family. I'm just a bit frustrated on placing an order because Tesla has not released any new information on the model since the unveiling event. No confirmed dimensions, and above all, there have been zero information on what their order numbers have been. I was hoping to hear the numbers during a Q1 call. They had released a reservation volume during their Model 3's release. I don't want to place an order without knowing that I may have to wait between two and a half to three years until production starts on my individual car. The main question is, when do you think they will start releasing more Model Y information, and should I take the plunge totally blind from an information perspective? It's pretty tough decision. Thanks again for all your great work and continued success. Curtis, welcome to the podcast. And hey, thank you very much for those kind words. I appreciate it. Regarding the dimensions of the Model Y, uh, I think it's totally fair of you to want that information from Tesla, but I can also see Tesla's point of view for not releasing them just yet because the car is currently in prototype form. Is it probably final? Yeah, probably. But the Model 3's trunk opening did change, read, get bigger, between the time its prototypes were revealed and the final production car that was based on feedback. So changes can still happen. I think the best solution would probably be to put the dimensions for the prototype 
up on the website with a clear designation, a clear note saying that the numbers are for the prototype and are subject to change. To more concretely try to help you, I can say very confidently that the Y is almost certainly going to be the same width as the Model 3 because it uses the same platform. If the car might be a bit longer, and obviously it's a bit taller, you know, I know you're hoping for more exact figures, but I honestly just have no idea when Tesla will post those on the Model Y page of its website. And I tell you, I think your, your other concern is valid too. You know, I, I get why Tesla doesn't want to release the order numbers, but they could at least try to get around that for the benefit of their customers by just uh, pushing your estimated delivery date in the design studio out uh, as you're configuring, depending on where you are in the queue, because they know what order they're going to build them first, meaning prob prob they're probably going to start with the long-range packs Maybe, and they may even start with the performance models because, you know, Elon has said before, they would say, you know, the, the, uh, the earliest production cars cost the most to make because the efficiency is at the lowest. So that's why they tend to start with the higher trims to try and recoup some of those initial costs. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they go ahead and start with the performance model-wise specifically. But uh, And then we know for a fact that the three-row version of the Model Y is not going to enter production until 2021 sometime. Well, I would say that, you know, if you're willing to put a little bit of faith in Tesla, go ahead and put your order in now, because I say that for this reason. The line is only going to get longer as the time goes on, and the money is refundable. And, you know, let's be honest— it unfortunately doesn't look like there is anything else coming from any other car company anytime soon that's going to outdo the Model Y. And even if there was, again, your money would be refundable on that. So I would I would suggest if it's financially feasible for you to, to put the order down now and get in line so that you can hopefully get it sooner rather than later. Thanks for calling in, Curtis. Let's go to Ryan in Cleveland. He did place an order for a long-range rear-wheel drive uh, Model 3, but has a question about the referral program and the supercharger bonus miles. So, Ryan, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Ryan out in uh, Cleveland. I uh, wanted to call you for two reasons. I'm super excited. I finally placed my order uh, for my long-range uh, rear-wheel drive 3 after uh, listening to your podcast for years. Um, I appreciate it all the entertainment you've given me. Um, but the other reason that I'm calling is you're talking about the referral program and it going from a thousand to 5,000 miles. I went in and went to order mine and I found out that, um, that mileage expires monthly. Um, so it doesn't accumulate or build up or carry over to the other months. Um, so a lot, a lot less value than maybe it would seem otherwise. Um, maybe that's for Ohio only because I know we have stupid laws here that restrict the, refer ref the, the referral program in general. So thought I'd pass it along. Have a good one. Thanks for everything. Fellow Ryan, I would like to thank you because thanks to your call, I learned something new this week in the world of Tesla, which, as, again, I always appreciate when I can learn something new. So in looking this up, it turns out that there is fine print on this 
on the Tesla site. It's not quite as drastic as you mentioned. So if you go to the tesla.com slash referral page, it says this, quote, free supercharger miles will apply to any vehicles on the same account and will expire six months after the miles are added. Each additional referral will extend the expiration date by six months, end quote. So there you go. They do indeed expire, but if you keep getting referrals, the expiration date keeps getting pushed out. So that means even if you've only got one referral during the current 5,000 supercharger mile referral window, that means you've got six months from the person's delivery date, not from their order date, because you get the miles when the person takes delivery. So six miles from the person's delivery date to burn that 5K, I guess for the referrer and the referee on that. But uh, so that says to me, a uh, six months, 5,000, okay, summer road trip. <laughs> if you decide to take a summer road trip, it will be free. Will in England is up next. He ordered himself a right-hand drive Model 3 now that orders are opened and uh, wanted to talk about that a little bit. So, Will, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Uh, this is Will from England. Uh, greetings and thanks to you all. Uh, just ringing to say that I am very excited to report that I have just ordered the right-hand drive long-range all-wheel uh, all drive Model 3. I am very excited about this, or as uh, you people across the pond would say, super excited. Uh, just a thought, as a newbie owning and driving a Tesla Model 3, to be honest, I'm a little overwhelmed by the volume of helpful information and expert tips that you have from yourself and all your listeners. I don't really know where to begin to access this gold mine of information and wondered, is there a mechanism that you can think of for indexing it, buying an app even, um, or even if there are ideas from your listeners? Wouldn't it be great to go online and type in something and access this information or even see an index of these helpful nuggets? Have a great day, and thank you for your enthusiasm and those pearls of wisdom. And thank you to all your listeners. As you can tell, I am just so excited and can't wait to take delivery of my Model 3, which hopefully will be in June. Uh, I'm just, it's just a great time. Okay, all the very best to you all, and thank you so much. Will, congratulations on your order, and I hope your delivery date indeed comes up sooner rather than later. To your question, there are some people like my friend Kim from Like Tesla that have made compilation videos of a bunch of the, you know, quote-unquote little things in a Model 3. You could try looking that up, but I don't really know of a one-stop shop for the pro tips. I mean, Reddit is full of good resources, r slash Tesla Motors, but I don't, to my knowledge, there isn't sort of a specific spot for pro tips like that, but... You know, you could try uh, Kim's video, and uh, I would say, you know, look at it this way. Maybe that's part of the fun of the car, is that you'll always be discovering neat little things about it. So, congrats again on the car, Will. Let's go to Mac from Maryland. Uh, has an idea for a new broadcast channel for TuneIn that's, you know, that's available in every single Tesla. So, Mac, what do you got? 
Hi Ryan, this is Mac from Maryland with an idea. I was driving home on Monday night right in the middle of the Tesla Autonomy Day reveal, wishing there was either a streaming option or tune-in channel on the entertainment unit that was dedicated to Tesla events in much the same way the Apple TV has an Apple events channel. You wouldn't think this would be too difficult or costly for them to implement. You know, it isn't the first reveal that I've missed. I missed the Model X reveal during a road trip in much the same way. I think it'd be a great way for Tesla owners everywhere to hear the latest news about the company that we're all so invested in. What do you think? It's an interesting idea here, Mac. You know, Tesla events are, generally speaking, so few and far between. I think that's really the only big argument I can come up with against this idea. But, you know, then again, why not? Just have, not number one, not only new live stuff, but an archive of the old ones that you could go back and check out anytime you want. And then when those live events do come around, I mean, hey, for sure, we get quarterly earnings calls that are always in the afternoon on weekdays. For the East Coast, it's like your drive time home. Uh, and then you know, recently we had the two and a half hour midday autonomy event. You, know, you could listen to those live. So yeah, I'm with you. I, why not do this? I like the idea. Thank you, Mac. Thanks for calling in. We go next to Aaron in Dallas. Uh, is having a little trouble ordering off-menu. See if I can help Aaron out. Go ahead, Aaron. Hi, Ryan. Uh, this is Aaron in Dallas. Uh, I called a few weeks back about um, just wanting to know a little bit more about the Model 3 before I purchased. Uh, so I listened to your latest podcast on the earnings call. Uh, and I listened to Elon's comment about um, being able to just call in and, and still order the standard range, or I guess at this point, even the rear-wheel drive long range, um, and it not being an obstacle course. Uh, so that is, in my experience so far, uh, not exactly true. Um, you know, I called in... Um, about a week ago to uh, look at ordering the uh, rear-wheel drive long range, which is still um, available for sale, but off-market, just like the standard range. And uh, it it just seemed like they didn't make it really easy. Um, In fact, I I ended up... um, not going through with the order and I'm kind of rethinking things as far as going with the dual motor or the standard range plus, but, uh, even just getting answers, questions or questions answered, um, you know, whether or not autopilot was bundled, those types of things, which they aren't, um, you know, just getting questions answered about ordering those off market vehicles, uh, was really a pain. So, uh, would love to hear your thoughts about that. Um, maybe other people are experiencing different uh, different things, but um, it did seem like an obstacle course for sure to uh, to get those things ordered. So just thought I'd give my two cents. Thanks. I'm sorry to hear it, Aaron. And unfortunately, you are far from the first person to have issues with Tesla communication, particularly over the phone. Thankfully, the community is here to help as best we can, though you obviously still need Tesla themselves to actually order an off-menu car 
if that's what you decide to do. So all I can say is feel free to email me with any questions you may have if I can be of help, but otherwise, best of luck to you in whatever you decide. We go down to South Florida now to talk to Daniel, calling in from the middle of a 500-mile road trip in a standard range plus. Wants to talk about that experience. Daniel, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Daniel from South Florida here, actually calling you from the middle of a 500-mile road trip in my Model 3 Standard Range Plus, which I've had about a month and a half, uh, 5,000 miles on it. Absolutely love it, and the decision was made in no small part uh, due to listening to your show obsessively, so thank you for that. Um, I am using my um, full self-driving trial at the moment. I elected not to go with autopilot or full self-driving at the time of purchase just to keep things within budget. Um, and the feature set has changed a little bit since my purchase. And I've got some questions about your thoughts on where the lines between autopilot and full self-driving are recently shifted, uh, namely in the removal of the auto lane change from autopilot to full self-driving. Um, what seems to make sense to me is that the old way of drawing the lines is probably the most correct, where you could have the car change lanes manually via um, starting it using the turn signal stop. Now, it makes total sense that you can change lanes automatically with or without it being okayed by the driver when you're using full self-driving, but it just seems like a weird feature hole to me that you have to turn off autopilot to make what is probably the most unsafe of uh, driving gestures, which is you know moving laterally lane to lane, uh, only to re-enable it. It seems like you can forget to re-enable it. It seems like a safety-oriented feature like Autopilot would definitely want you to have something like that enabled. So just really curious to hear if I'm the only one thinking this or if that seems like something that should be included in standard Autopilot rather than full self-driving. Uh, love the show. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Daniel, I hope your road trip went well. And hey, thanks for calling in. I think I talked about this when the change was first made, but in short... I am in 100% agreement with you. I agree that it's a safety issue. It has to be less safe to disengage autopilot and then change lanes yourself than it is to have the car use its cameras and sensors to do it by itself while maintaining uh, autopilot being turned on. You know, if you if you have to turn autopilot back on, there's the chance that you might get distracted or hit, you know, not activated all the way. And just, again, the sheer probability of it is that it's got to be less safe to have to turn it off and then change lanes manually and then turn it back on again. So I had tweeted Elon that very thought at the time, but unfortunately didn't get a response from him on that one. Maybe he saw it, maybe he didn't, I don't know, but I'm glad I'm not the only one that feels this way. And Hey, maybe if enough people continue to politely and respectfully voice that opinion, if indeed others are thinking along those same lines, maybe maybe others aren't as uh, bothered by it, I don't know, but but you never know. Maybe Tesla will in fact in time with enough feedback uh, change it and go ahead and enable that for everybody so that everybody even with the base autopilot package that's now bundled with all the cars uh, you get the, the auto lane change. But we'll see. Who knows? Feedback is good. We know that Tesla can be responsive to feedback. Jeremy from New Zealand 
has an idea to potentially improve the security in a Tesla, so I would love to hear that. Jeremy, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. It's Jeremy from Christchurch, New Zealand. Love the show, and uh, just calling in with a feature idea. I know some of Tesla's staff listen to your show, so maybe this might find its way through to uh, the feature department. Just thinking about the fact that uh, Tesla already has a geolocation system where it can fold the mirrors and do other things based on its location, and I wonder why we can't extend that to uh, geolocation for security and geofence the cars. So if the cars get beyond a certain distance from the owner's phone or one of the uh, key cards for the car, that uh, the car is then uh, automatically pulls over to the side of the road and shuts itself down and alerts the owner. You could have this as a toggle function in the car, which you could switch on or off, so that when you left the car for any period of time and you knew that you were going to keep your phone with you, you just toggle that function on. If somebody then steals your car, they're not going to get more than a few kilometers away from you before the car just shuts itself down and calls you up to get the police to come and pick it up. Anyway, just a thought, and uh, hopefully somebody in Tesla might look at it. I don't know if it's already been suggested, but uh, you never know. Thanks for the great show. Looking forward to more episodes. Thank you, Jeremy. The key card I don't think could do it, technically speaking, because the key card is just an NFC chip, near-field communication. A phone could, but... You can't drive the car without the phone or key card. So I think your idea is kind of already built into the car, unless I'm missing something in your in your idea here, which I'd like to acknowledge is entirely possible. It's uh it's been a super hectic busy week. I'm I'm actually heading out of town on business next week, so a lot to finish up next uh, this week and then Mother's Day this weekend and uh it was uh there was a sort of uh, emotional event that I've I'll mention to you at the end of the show uh, a little bit. Also, so yeah, anyway, that's that's not to make excuses. So uh, if I am misinterpreting this, I apologize. But yeah, the uh, the key card, like I said, I don't think the key card can do it, and and the phone uh, is required to operate the car. So I don't know. But uh, thank you for the call, Jeremy. And let's get we got let's see one two three more calls here. Next is Ken from Reno, a longtime listener first-time caller talking about Tesla insurance. Ken, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Good morning. This is Ken McClellan from Reno, Nevada, home of the Gigafactory. I'm a long-time first-time. I wanted to talk about Tesla insurance and get your opinion on something. At first, I was indifferent to the idea of Tesla offering insurance, but thinking about it a little bit, uh, presumably they're going to offer it only for their own products, only for Tesla vehicles. And I'm sure that there's a certain amount of price gouging that's going on, especially in body shops for uh, repairs to Tesla and uh, markup of the parts that Tesla provides, say a fender. Um, So as the as the insurance company for that, they'll be able to control that much better than other other carriers. Uh, But the bigger issue is that Tesla obviously believes 100% in full self-driving, and they've said it multiple times that it's going to have to be much, much safer than a human driver, comparably. So let's say that they're shooting for their cars having a, a 10 times less likely to have a collision than a human driver. And above that, they have uh, the cameras all the way around the car to be able to prove that the car was not at fault. So as an insurance company, they would essentially be playing with house money. Um, they could also work out um, deals with, with owners that did not buy full self-driving to possibly lower their rates so that they could use full self-driving for a reduction in their premiums uh, 
Um, and obviously they would probably lock you out of using the Tesla network if you didn't buy full self-driving. But if the car is, is actually 10 times safer driver than the human, as the insurance provider, they're going to want you to be able to use that FSD. But more importantly, just, just pointing out what a, what a win this would be for Tesla as an insurance provider. And again, they're, they're sort of forward thinking and, and doing what everybody else is missing. So uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Have a great day. Uh, appreciate your podcast and all the hard work you do. And sorry this ran a little long. No worries, Ken. Thank you for the call. And welcome to the hotline portion of the show. I hope to hear from you again. For now, though, I'll tell you, I don't have much to add to your call. I think you are absolutely right. In offering their own insurance on their own cars, Tesla will have access to way, way more data about the cars and the drivers than a traditional insurance company does. Because think about it. What does your insurance company actually know about you as a driver? It knows your age. It knows your gender. Because, you know, uh, like males, particularly younger males, tend to have higher insurance rates because they uh, statistically tend to get into more accidents. So it knows your driving record, uh, you know, if you have any tickets or they know how many miles you log each year because you have to manually report it to them. But that's really it. Tesla can you? they don't know anything about your, your actual driving. Are you an aggressive driver? Are you a, you know, super conservative driver? Tesla can use, they have all that stuff and can use all of that data to offer a much more accurate assessment of each driver and price their rates accordingly. I'm going to be very curious to see what rates they quote me when it launches. And and I make it personal there because with insurance, I say this anytime insurance comes up, it's different. Insurance is different for everybody because of all the, you know, the, your different driving record, your age, your where you live, all that stuff. So, uh, you know, we're all going to be comparing our quotes from the Tesla insurance to what we're already paying with the insurance companies, the established insurance companies that we're all already with. So here's hoping that uh, Tesla makes me an offer that I can't refuse. Bruce from Toronto is our penultimate caller this week. He wants to talk about charging habits and one particular charging habit uh, specifically. So Bruce, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. It's Bruce from Toronto. Just wanted to ask a question regarding supercharging. Uh, Is daily usage of a supercharger uh, bad for the battery? I was doing some research out there and it seems to be that there are two camps just wanted to know your thoughts. Keep up the great work. Love your show. Thanks again. Hi, Bruce. Uh, the good news is the data on this suggests no, the daily use of a supercharger is not bad for the battery. There's a company in Southern California, based out of Southern California, called Tesloop. They have a fleet of Model Xs, and you can uh, hire them to ferry you between Southern California cities like San Diego and LA and up to Vegas. So they have cars in their fleet with 300,000 miles on them, and they supercharge those cars every single day. They constantly are supercharging them during those routes. And those cars have only shown moderate, and by that I mean basically the expected battery degradation, so not not a lot, like 10% or less, despite that high mileage and frequent supercharger use. So no, I, I honestly wouldn't worry about it with an asterisk on that, that uh, caveat being, as long as you're not charging to 100% all the time, 
that is bad. That is established as bad. Don't do that. Only do it on occasion for a trip when you when you need to. But genuine, gen, general <laughs> supercharging, if I can talk, is not a bad thing for the health of the battery. Taking us home in the hotline this week is my friend Ron from Nashville, who has uh, used the lane departure warning and prevention new feature and wants to talk about that a little bit. So go ahead, Ron. Hey, Ryan. Ron from Nashville. Um, calling to comment on the um, lane departure correction and a new feature, one of the new features um, with our latest updates. So uh, my biggest concern with something like that is when we intentionally want to depart the lane. Um, an example this morning was um, we get potholes in some of these hilly roads here in Tennessee. And um, this past week we had some rain and we got some new potholes. And sure enough, I, you know, avoided, go, went to avoid them this morning and the car automatically went back, wanted to go back into the lane and I had to, again, fight it to come back out. Um, you know, my concern is the car wants to automatically go back even if we are manually saying we don't need or want to be there. Obviously, we can override it, but, you know, um, it, it goes along with the no steering wheel, no, you know, no, no ability to drive in the future, supposedly with uh, self-driving. I, I don't think that's – I don't think anybody is even – remotely close to thinking that as a real possibility. I certainly wouldn't do it because there are many circumstances where we need to take control quickly and efficiently. Um, I don't think joysticks or game pot sticks or any of that stuff are reasonable solutions to something that's so instinctual for us. Now, maybe future generations, perhaps, but th that's a long way off. I think a lot of, a lot of, uh, the things that are being talked about are still a long way off. But anyway, uh, just my two cents on this automatic departure correction feature that um, I, I I understand it's safe, but um, um, there are circumstances where I don't think it's optimal. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Always good to hear from you, Ron. I don't disagree that we might be a good bit further away from a steering wheel-free Tesla than Elon is talking about lately, but... The lane departure thing, I feel, is a, is a bit of a different problem. I mean, I, I have no doubt that it's going to get better and better by the time the no steering wheel future actually does arrive. Maybe it's going to be able to detect potholes itself with its cameras in the way a caller talked about on the hotline last week. But, you know, in the meantime, I haven't experienced the lane departure thing yet, but yeah, if it's detecting forceful enough manual input... I feel like it shouldn't object to your action because it's obviously an intentional action on your part if it's if you give it enough enough uh, torque on the wheel there. So, thank you, Ron. Thanks to everybody who called in. And again, I encourage you. I invite you. I welcome you to call into the Ride the Lightning hotline using either of the two easy methods that I detailed at the top of the segment. So. Stick with me, and I'll come back with the uh, Spirit Adventure update, the pro tip of the week and then the wrap-up for you right after this.
Well, I haven't had any particularly notable adventures in my car this week, just regular old commuting, but I am happy that the car is clean. It had been uh, clean-ish, but very dusty for a couple weeks, including while we were gone on our trip. So finally cleaned it last weekend, and it just, again, it makes me happy that that car is clean. I, en- I enjoy the process, and I enjoy the result of it of it being clean. Although I will say, when I was cleaning it, I I noticed, oh, it's like, okay, the uh, I've got my all-weather floor mats in there that I, I managed to, to get in time for the rainy season that started last fall, and my carpets... My interior floor carpets are sitting in my garage, and I thought, oh, well, I, I, could, I should put those carpets back in, but I'll tell you, I, I thought about it, and because our rainy season's finally over, knock on wood, I'm pretty sure it's, it's finally done, but, and you know, I've decided, I was looking at the car after I cleaned it, and I think I'm just going to keep the all-weather uh, Tesla floor mats in there, because I really, I have to say, I like the look of them. They're, they're fairly... Fairly minimalist, but they've got the Tesla logo, like the lettering on there, and like they're they're minimalist but nice, and but they do a nice job, and you know they're fairly easy to clean. Whereas the carpets from back when I had those in the car after I first got it, like you know the carpet they just tend to trap dirt, dust specifically, and so you know I, I think I'm going to stick with the all weathers for a while, and just uh, unless I get sick of them, but yeah, I'm feeling good about them. I know. There was uh, some discussion out in the community. Some people prefer, I think it's the 3D Max Spider is the brand, uh, the, the, the Tesla mats, Model 3 mats that they make. I guess the, they, the walls on those come up a little higher. So for the real heavy winter climates, uh, those are people, a lot of people like those better for keeping the snow and the, the muck and, and stuff contained in the car and not getting it on the you know, the carpeting of, of the floor of the car. But I'll tell you, if you're, you know, if you're in a, a mild climate, the, the, the Tesla brand, the official Tesla all-weather floor mats, which are made by WeatherTech, by the way, are, uh, they're real nice. I'm very, very happy with them. And last I checked this week, they are available in stock once again on the shop.tesla.com site. All right, time for the pro tip of the week. It comes to us from another longtime listener, first-time caller, Somi, who just got her car two weeks ago. She's got a pro tip for us. Somi, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Uh, this is Somi. I am a longtime listener, first-time caller. Uh, I took delivery of my Model 3 just over two weeks ago. Oh my gosh, I love this car. It is so much fun. Um, I let go of my Honda Civic manual transmission and I spend a good hour in stop and go traffic every day commuting back home from work. And autopilot is just awesome. I love it. And even without autopilot, the one pedal driving, that is a game changer. I mean, my head is just so much clearer clearer when I get home. Um, So I am really loving it. The one thing I'm noticing with autopilot and stop and go is that the car acts kind of jerky, like not in attitude, but in um, just in the way it it moves. So it breaks really hard, I find a lot harder than what I would like, you know, when the car in front of me stops, and then the car in front of me starts moving again, 
there's like this sluggish response from the Tesla and it doesn't start following right away. So I've, I've actually been honked at a couple times already because the car behind me thinks that I'm not paying attention. So, which I should ignore, but it is kind of irritating. I think I might have found a couple of little tips. So the first one, um, I do find it, it breaks more gently if you put the car length um, at about three or more and not at two or one. The the car length I realize now is the um is related to the drive time, not um not to how far it stops from the car in front of you. It always stops about one car length. So um that really helps. And then when it comes to trying to get the, the Tesla to respond quicker and get going again, if I find even in autopilot if I press the accelerator just ever so slightly just to get the just to get my Tesla moving again, it seems like it activates it to start following. And I don't know if it's my imagination, but it feels like it does work. So I just thought I would offer those uh, tips to see if anyone else finds uh, the help. So, and you know, Ryan, I every Monday uh, when I get into my car to go to work, the first thing I do is find your podcast. I just absolutely love it. I think you do such a great job. I hope you get that um, interview with Elon because, you know, um, just with your dedication to accuracy and just your positivity, I just think you and Elon would have a fantastic time and all of us listeners would love to hear it and witness that. So I hope that happens. Um, keep up the great work. Congratulations on your new Model 3 Somi and thank you for the call and the kind words. These are both good notes about autopilot and stop and go and I have to say I use them myself. Follow distance is definitely a personal preference thing. I prefer setting number three because I just don't personally feel comfortable being any closer than that. It gives just honestly, it gives me anxiety. And your your other note about giving the car a little bit of juice to get it going on autopilot, yes, that definitely does seem to help. I mean, I'm not a monster in my car, but I do like it to get going a bit quicker than it than it likes to, so I often like to just give it a little extra accelerator nudge. You know, it won't disengage autopilot if you do that, unless, unless you go over 90 miles an hour, but obviously in this situation, we're talking about stop and go here. So, Somi, thank you so much. Appreciate the call. And again, if you've got a pro tip of the week, something interesting that you've learned about your Tesla in your time with it that maybe isn't super obvious, you can send it in the same way that you send in the any of the Ride the Lightning hotline calls. Okie dokie. What can I tell you this week? Uh, abstractocean.com. Excellent source of Tesla accessories. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off your very first order. They've got tempered glass screen protectors. They've got the uh, TESLA letters for the back of the car if you want to go Roadster style on your Tesla. You've got uh, center console wraps there. They've got just a bunch of interesting accessories, a lot of lighting stuff, so brighter LEDs for the footwells. That's a popular seller there, I'm told. So abstractocean.com, give them a look. And if you do decide you want to buy something, your best bet is to pile it all up, pile up everything you're interested in your in your cart at once so that you can uh, take full advantage of that 15% off discount for first-time customers. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections find their website at irdetailing.com. Look them up on Yelp and Instagram 
at immaculate underscore reflections on those respective sites so you can see uh, their handiwork. 16 years. I guess, you know, I think I got to update that note. It's got to be 17 or 18 years at this point of experience. Uh, immaculate reflections, man, just absolutely one of the Bay Area's premier detailing solutions. They've taken great care of me. So if you're in the Bay Area or you're going to be in the Bay Area with your car, maybe you're taking delivery in Fremont, you want to get some paint correction, paint protection film, ceramic coating, clay bar treatment, whatever you want to do, they can help you out over there at Immaculate Reflections. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. That's also my same handle on Instagram if you're curious about that. The referral program rolls on currently the 5,000 miles running through, uh, what I think it's May 28th, not quite the end of May, but just about. So if you order by May 28th, and again, I really uh, ask you and encourage you, use anyone else's referral code. Uh, the, the referral program has been, been quite good to me. Um, <laughs> there's, I would rather other people get the 5,000 miles because again, the referrer and the referee both get the 5,000 free supercharger miles. But again, if you just need someone's code, if you don't know anybody else with a Tesla, if I'm your, if I'm your only option and you're ordering, get yourself those 5,000 miles and you, uh, you can order with my code. So uh, type in ts.la slash Ryan73014 to use my code and get uh, get your car ordered with those 5,000 supercharging miles on there. Meanwhile, the Jada wireless charging pad, no discount for that one, I'm afraid, but uh, I do genuinely love the product. I uh, had purchased the original myself and I've got the version two now, which is way better than version one. So uh, if you are looking for a basically a, a one-stop solution to wireless phone charging in your Model 3. What I like about the Jada Pad is it not only works properly, but it looks completely factory. Other than having a Tesla logo on it, it looks like it came with the car, and I'm, I'm big on that. I like my aftermarket stuff to, to really blend in organically. So uh, if you're going to order one of those guys... I would greatly appreciate it if you would use this referral link because they do throw me a couple bucks if you order it having having come from me. So the URL for that is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. Finally this week, I think that just brings us to Patreon. Uh, Patreon, I'm on there. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. If you really enjoy the show, you get a lot out of it each and every week. I am, of course, here for you each and every week. I take a lot of pride in that. You can support me if you want to on Patreon. All the details are on that page that I just mentioned. Uh, let me mention the Patreon producers, the extra kind folks who support me uh, every month at the producer tier. Those folks, I want to say hi to the newest one, by the way, Matthew Wright. Thank you so much, Matthew. Welcome to the uh, Patreon group. We've also got, of course, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., 
Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Josh, Jeremy, Jeremy Harris, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Rob Brewer, My Tesla Adventure, Ron Lee, Lambert Lee, Chris Knesnick, John Cody, and as I mentioned, the, uh, the new guy, Matthew Wright. Thanks so much to all of you. And, uh, oh, yeah, you, I, I've mentioned this on occasion, but if you don't already subscribe to this podcast, that's a totally free thing. It just means uh, if you do that, the podcast will be downloaded to you every time there's a new episode rather than you having to go seek it out every single week. So you can do that on any of the major podcast services. Look me up on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, YouTube, or you can always hit up the hosting site as well, teslapodcast.libsyn.com. That's actually where to pick up the RSS feed is on the hosting site. Finally, the thing I... uh, the emotional thing I mentioned earlier in the show, um, it wasn't, thankfully, a huge deal. But, I mean, it's it, it was just good to, re- to sort of spend a little time this week to, to reflect. Uh, this week was is two years, the two-year anniversary of losing Maggie the Boxer. Uh, if, you, if you're a newer listener, Maggie was my first dog, uh, also a boxer, just like Daisy. It's why Daisy is a boxer because Maggie made me a boxer person forever. And Maggie was just my, she was my whole world for a long time. That dog, you know, as, as, as our wonderful pets do, they are with us through thick and thin. And uh, again, so it's just quickly for newer listeners, Maggie was with me uh, through a divorce when I just had nobody. I was, I was, the wife, the ex-wife was just gone, just, you know, just cheated and bailed, uh, and uh, it was just me and Maggie, and I, I, you know, I have no family here in the Bay Area. Now I do, thankfully, because I'm married to a wonderful woman and and her fa- her brother and their and uh, sister in law and their three kids. Now my nieces and uh, nephews are, are here, and that's great. But at the time, I, it was it was just me and Maggie, and and that dog. That I'm convinced Maggie kept me just barely kept my head above water, emotionally speaking. Not that uh, therapy helped a lot too, don't get me wrong. But uh, yeah, Maggie was a special dog. My first dog, you know, I'll I'll never forget her. And it was two years ago this week that I had to say goodbye to her. So I was doing a little, a little Twitter thread remembrance of her the other day. And, and I I was looking at her Twitter page. So if uh, you may think it's silly, you may laugh. And again, that's fine. You're always, you're always welcome to laugh at me. Uh, I don't, I I don't mind. I can't hear you (laughs) unless you call in to laugh at me. But um, I, I, years ago, I had made a Twitter account for Maggie because I wanted to use it. I didn't promote it. It wasn't a thing I was looking for followers on. I made it for myself to as a way to to chronicle her life and uh it it became you know of course way back then they didn't even have you couldn't even embed pictures on twitter super easily so it's the the archive of it's a little messy but i was scrolling through the 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 at maggie the boxer twitter feed this week on the on the anniversary day which was the 8th uh yesterday in fact 
as I record. This was Wednesday. And yeah, it was just definitely some tears. Uh, of course, because unfortunately, it, you know, when you start looking at it, it starts at the end. And then, and then she gets younger as you scroll. But yeah, there were some pictures that made me smile. There were a couple that made me just absolutely crack up laughing. And yeah, it was... I can't, it's weird. Two years, in some ways, it feels like it was yesterday. In other ways, it feels like it was a long time. And I'm blessed to have, to have Daisy here now, who's just been a great dog and a, and a great addition to our family. You should see my daughter. Uh, just, there, I, I guess something about the fact that Daisy has been here, like my daughter's been old enough to be aware of Daisy and, and a puppy, like right from day one, whereas, you know, Maggie already lived here when my daughter was born, and she was, of course, a, a you know, just a little nugget who who didn't <laughs> who couldn't talk, couldn't walk, you know, when she's a newborn kid. So, you know, I think there, there's there's been a difference with um, having having Daisy uh, with my daughter here, and having my daughter be a you know a, a fully functioning person rather than you know just a an, an an infant who needs you know who needs mom and dad for everything and and the, this anyway the point is the relationship between my daughter and Daisy is just it's heartwarming to see I mean they're they are best buddies uh, they love each other it's been so great and Daisy's been wonderful but it was it was good to I'm glad I was I took a little time even though some tears came out it was good to remember Maggie this week because uh, she was the best I love that dog and. If you're if you if you want to hear me actually break down, like you can go back. I the, the moments recorded forever. I'm I kind of want to go back and listen to it, but I'm I think it'll just break me if I do. I'm not sure. There's really going to be a. I don't know if that ends well for me, but at the if you want to listen to, I I recorded at the very the very end of episode ninety two of this this podcast. I said goodbye to Maggie, uh, to this audience, to you guys. So if, if you are a a newer listener than episode 92 and you never heard that, if you want to (laughs) hear a recording of what it's like for, uh, a boy to lose his, his dog, his first dog and a dog that meant so much to him, you can go listen to me, uh, break down, bring tissues if for yourself, if you're going to listen to that just as a word of warning, but Anyway, I'm rambling a bit now. Uh, Maggie, I miss you. I will always miss you. And you are the best. You are the best, Mag. So um, thank you all so much for listening, as always, for your time and for your attention. I am, again, I'm off to L.A. next week. Santa Monica, which actually I love Santa Monica and uh, looking forward to it. If I, if I ever have to live in L.A., which I'm not. I'm honestly not a big LA fan, and no disrespect to my listeners in LA. It's, it's because I love to drive, and you driving is just so frustrating in LA. You know the, the legendary traffic. I mean, I've, I've experienced it. I don't live in it, but, you know. Uh, anyway, if I ever were going to live in the greater Los Angeles area, Santa Monica is the place I would want to be. It's. Uh, I I love it down there. So, uh, the show will go on as normal this week. Uh, next week, rather. I will. I'll have a regular show, so no need to worry about that. But uh, yeah, I'll be keeping an eye on things from the uh, the Santa Monica Pier. If you if you have, there's an arcade on the pier that has uh, some cool games. If you ever, I always like to to try and make one trip over to that arcade 
at some point during uh, during my trip to Santa Monica. So if you're if you're a Santa Monica listener, maybe I'll bump into you. You never know. But in any case, happy electric motoring, my friends, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment, mm. make it's maximum fun.